We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Oh, my God. We're doing this open for the second time because it's just gotten sideways. We should have just left it the way it was. Tommy may not even be able to hear what I'm saying right now. I screamed uh, in the first recorded open to the show, Tommy's here and I'm here. And the reason I'm screaming is that Tommy can't hear anything. He's got a bad cold. So if you hear me with a louder radio slash podcast voice today. It's because I want Tommy to be able to hear what I'm saying. But then he had major problems with his phone. And with when his phone was breaking up, I was doing that thing that people do when you're in a bad cell area. I'm like, Tommy, 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 Tommy. I, I can't. And he's just continuing to, you know, every third word I'm catching. And then finally, 20 seconds later, he's like, what? And I'm like, your phone sucks. You got to get to a different location. So we'll test it. This, this is not, not a good sign. Not a good sign. <laughs> Nothing about this show right now is a good sign. There's no good signs right no. now. But you know what? We've turned it around in the past. Not every show starts off brilliantly. Um, all right, I'll ask you what's Sort of wrong. like the commanders on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Uh, I'll ask you... What's wrong with you in a moment? I do want everybody to know that the presenting sponsor of the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast is Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com for the best deal, for the best product, and the best group of people you can work with. If you mention my name, you get a free estimate. It's been working for many people uh, using Window Nation for years. I promise it'll work for you as well. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. More on the great deal that they've got going on a little bit later on in the show. I also, Tommy, need to start with an apology. Um, I'm starting to feel like uh, this podcast is dysfunctional almost the way the organization in Ashburn was for years. We have had an issue for the last two weeks. It's not been an issue for the majority of you, but it's been an issue for a lot of you. Um, And that is that for whatever reason on Apple and Spotify, the show drops and all you're getting are six minutes worth of ads. And... 
I can promise you we are not ignoring it. We thought we had it fixed last week. And when I say we thought we had it fixed, it's actually um, a Spotify megaphone problem. Megaphone is owned by Spotify. Megaphone is the platform that publishes and distributes the podcast. And we're not the only podcast having this issue, although not a lot of podcasts are having the issue, but others are having this issue as well. And we thought we had worked through it at the end of last week, but it happened again yesterday. And it happened on the worst possible day, the day after, you know, uh, a game in which they won in Denver to go 2-0. and So, uh, yeah, um, Aaron and I have been uh, in contact with everybody. We are working on it. But I want to mention to all of you that have had that issue. If you, if you listen like many do on Apple or Spotify – and something happens with the download of the show, which has happened, you know, a few times here over the last couple of weeks. The KevinSheehanShow.com, you can also reach it at KevinSheehanShow.com, is the website where we also post the show. And we've had no issues there. It's been more of an Apple and a Spotify problem. And we're continuing to work on it, and I apologize for it. And if there's something that I can do, meaning we don't do the show on Apple or Spotify and we do it in another way so that we don't have those issues, I would consider it. But 75 to 80% of our listeners listen on Apple and Spotify. But again, I just want to remind everybody, like especially on a day like yesterday where I know you guys are... Um, anticipating the show and want the show. And Fred Smoot was phenomenal on the show with me yesterday. Um, you can always get it if, for whatever reason, you have an issue, you can get it on the website, kevinsheehanshow.com. And yes, I do know that there's no easy way with a 15 second, you know, forward, you know, forward ahead or a 10 second, you know, uh, rewind back button, but you can use your finger there to, um, to get it to the spot you want to get it to. But anyway, uh, I apologize and I appreciate your patience with that. Many of you were very nice on Twitter as I told everybody what the other option was yesterday. Hopefully we will get it figured out. They know it's a priority for us and, um, we're, we're working on it. I, Tommy, I was, I was so, so pissed off yesterday you know, we put the show up, and then I look at Twitter, and I am getting inundated with tweets. I got, I'm getting ads. I'm not getting the show. I've got a six-minute show. And it happened to me yesterday, and it's the first time it's happened to me. And the problem is, is it's not easy to get through to somebody at Spotify. It's not easy to get through to the engineers or the technical people at Apple or at Megaphone, which Spotify opens, uh, owns, excuse me. Um, But we finally got in touch with some people and there were a bunch of emails that said, look, we are working on it. You're not the only podcast. We've got engineers trying to correct the problem. And for a lot of those shows, they only have Apple and Spotify as a way to distribute. At least we have a website where we can post the show. So again, don't forget that the website is always an option if that happens. But I am sorry. We are working on it. Uh, Well, at least they're here in the most important part of the show, the ads. (laughs) Yeah. But it's weird. Like, it's obviously some sort of glitch. Like, how do just the ads end up 
you know, in a six-minute show. Um, but the funny thing is I eventually, on Apple, like I got the six minutes yesterday, and then like 30 minutes later I had the full show. So we thought it may have been something we were doing, but it's not. Apparently uh, it's scattered across their whole um, platform um, and family of podcasts. But it hurt us yesterday. Uh, yesterday should have been for us one of the most listened to shows in a long time. You know, the Mondays after games are the are the biggest shows that 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 for for my podcast. It's the biggest audiences we've ever had are Mondays after games. It's not Snyder Cells, although that was a big one. It's not a specific guest that really, you know, drives a a massive increase. Although occasionally, you know, I'll have a guest on that'll move the number a little bit. But it's the day after games. When people, when our audience, which is a football audience for the most part and a Washington football audience, when there's actually a game to discuss That's when we have our biggest audiences, and yesterday, not having it available to everybody on Apple and Spotify, yesterday, and I I shared this, you know me, you know, you've known me long enough, I, they heard me, they did, they did not have a hearing problem last night, (laughs) because I told them how much of a revenue hit we took yesterday by having literally thousands of people get this, you know, version with which just had the ads. Now, we had the majority, the significant majority of our listeners didn't have any issue, but it was enough where it made it made a difference and and uh and to all of my advertisers, I will be making that up to them with what we call in the trade a make good. Actually, I don't know if that's what they call it or not. Way back in the day when you messed up on an ad in radio, you had to provide what was called a make good to the client, meaning we're going to give you a free spot for the one that we messed up. Um, I end up doing so many more spots for our clients anyway to make sure they're happy. But anyway, uh, so what's wrong with you? You've had this cold or the, 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 the sniffles or some respiratory things going on. You thought it was allergies. What do you have? Can we get to the bottom of that? Well, well, I don't know. I mean, what I have is, you know, I, I, I was coughing for about two weeks. Uh, now I'm not coughing nearly as much anymore. Uh, but uh, the whatever the issue is, it's gotten to my head now instead of my chest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my head's all congested. And when that happens, my ears get all clogged up. And my hearing's not good under normal circumstances, let alone when it's clogged up. I mean, you should live with me when I've got the TV volume up to 45, okay? So, so it's not an easy situation. What did you say? I didn't hear you. There Um, you go. Well, it's better that it's in your head than your chest, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I think it's a sign that it's slowly working its way out. But I've had these before, mm-hmm. occasionally, where it'll take a month before I fully better. Right. And I don't really know why why it happens or what it is. I don't have a fever. I don't have aches. 
or anything else. You don't have COVID. You get, I mean, you I'm a little tested 17 not times energy, for that. But that's that's because I've, I've been coughing my head off for a couple of weeks. Right. Okay. Well, I'll I mean, be better. Let me just tell you something. When you drink as much as you did and as often as you did in Spain for a month, you probably need a full month to recover from that. You know, I wonder if there's some kind of alcoholic respiratory syndrome <laughs> thing. Well, there's no doubt that if when you're burning the candle at both ends, you know, you're you're more vulnerable to these kinds of things. And, in, you know, your summer in Spain... It, it was you were you were rocking. I mean, yeah, you, you had a tap in in your place. You had a bar right around the corner. You were doing a lot. I mean, you told me you needed know, to dry but, but out you when would, you got back. You would, think, you would think after a week or two of doing that there, it would have hit me there. I mean, I did it for thirty days there. No, no, and no, it no, didn't no. hit me till I got back. As long it as you something I picked up on the plane. As, l- as long as you don't stop, I mean, your big maybe your big mistake was stopping when you got home. You should have continued to drink. I think you'd be fine. Um, oh, I don't know if I'd be fine. <laughs> that's not good advice. Uh, well, the, sometimes it's good advice. Sometimes the best way to cure a hangover is not to get one. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yes. All right. So. I guess the first thing we should do here is get your reaction to the game on Sunday. I did my entire breakdown yesterday, and again, Fred Smoot was awesome. He really is funny. Um, and uh, and I want to hear what your reaction was to the game. You know, I'm probably dealing with a recency problem here. I'm sure there have been instances where I felt this way before. But no, maybe no. I know there haven't been, not not in ten or twelve years, because however I evaluated the games in the past, I always knew that it would lead to nothing, because I always knew who owned the team. Okay, mm-hmm. this was different. This is the most optimistic I felt about this team in a long time. Because you you're not suspending reality, right? I mean. You know what? Uh, Okay, put me on the Sam Howell train. Okay, Uh, they have they may have something here. I mean, I don't know if they can protect him enough to hold for him to hold up. But that kid doesn't have any fear. He makes all the throws when when he's got the right kind of protection. uh, When the package is is right for him, Uh, that was the kind of situation. Down twenty one to three in a hard place like Denver, where if you're going to fold, that's the place you're going to do it, and he didn't do that. And between his play and Eric Bieniemy's play calling, the two relative newcomers, because, you know, uh, even though uh, Sam Howe was here before, you know, last year, apparently, you know, based on what Ron Rivera said, he was invisible. He didn't know he was on the roster. Those two guys are reason to be optimistic. Uh, I was, I mean, I, I just, if, if you're a fan, you, you, you have, I mean, I know you got to be worried about, and Rivera has talked about putting themselves in the situations they did early. But to score, then to come back and to score 35 points, uh, if this offense is capable of putting up those kind of points on some weeks, maybe not every week, 
that that bodes well for the defense. It bodes well all the way around. And there's reason to be optimistic now. Now the varsity comes to town on Sunday. I get that. And the issue is, can they protect the quarter? Can they protect Sam Howell enough that he holds up? That's going to be their issue uh, because teams are going to come after him. You know, but but I think he showed in Denver that if you come after him, he's not going to get rattled. He might get hurt but he ain't going to get rattled. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think one of the things that you you hit on is that Sunday's game, unlike last week's game, you come yes. out of it thinking that the upside might be a little bit bigger than you even thought, and the reason for that is offensively they scored 35 points. Last week they scored 20, but they literally need needed Arizona to implode with two turnovers uh, deep in their own territory to get 10 of their 20 points. So, you know, I, I think going into this season, I was very confident that they had a lot of really good players. And it's something that I said at the end of last season that my big takeaway from 2022 was this roster is a pretty good roster if they can just – figure out the quarterback thing, which, by the way, 25 you know teams, 20 teams every year trying to figure out the quarterback thing. It usually doesn't get figured out because they're hard to find. They don't grow on trees. But that the roster is really good on both sides of the ball. And coming into this year, I'm like, I would be really disappointed if they're not a good defensive team and, and really a, a, an outstanding defensive team. But, you know, the offense is, you know, whether it was the Eric Bieniemy. Um, which, you know, unproven uh, as the primary offensive mind, the primary offensive play caller. Um, Sam Howell, completely unproven, no experience in the NFL, and nothing to really, I mean, of course they're the diehards, the, you know, um, whatever our... um, are, are I forget what he called it. Oh, he called it. He called them tambourine shakers. He said, you know, the tambourine shakers that you know basically thought Carson Wentz was the answer, and now think you know Sam Howell is the answer. You know, but 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 you don't. No one really knew. I mean, you can say, no, I knew. I I, I watched him at Carolina. Yeah, listen, I knew he was. No, you didn't. It, it, and and we don't know now either. Pos- it was a reasonable position to be to be skeptical. Of, of Sam Howe, given the fact that his own coach had to be talked into playing him at the last game of last season. Tom, it's re- there was good it's, reason to be skeptical. It, it, it's, reason- it's reasonable to be skeptical to reasonable people. Um, you know, we've had that group of Carson Wentz is the answer, shut up or get on board. Eric, B- it, you know, we've, we've gone through that for years. The bottom line, though, is through two games, and it's very early, is that what Sunday really provided was, you know, wow, they can be this good offensively. Um, the only way that that's possible is for the quarterback to be good offensively. They've got the weapons. They've had really good skill position players, you know, for a few years now, you know, going, you know, and, and so these, these, it was possible if they had the quarterback. So coming out of that game, that, that was one of the things that I thought was, you know, for me, it was like, 
They scored 35 points. They scored 32 points in 25 minutes. Okay, they, they were unstoppable there for a little while. But here's what I, I come back to with teams like Washington. And I'm not talking about teams like Washington the way we used to describe them, which is we would have to suspend all reality to discuss them. They are in that group of 23 to 27 teams, whatever that list is year in and year out, where it truly is week to week. You, you can project forward based on one week with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You know, you can do that with the elite of the elite and the proven of the proven, you know, but Washington isn't proven anywhere yet. So it's truly week to week. So the evaluation and my recap yesterday and my recap last week, and I emphasize this both times, this is this week. This is my evaluation of the Denver game. Okay, there are things like Deron Payne, who we've seen coming for a while, John Allen, Montez Sweat, uh, Terry McLaurin, that we can be confident are going to hold up. But for the most part, it's an evaluation of the game and, and, and only the game. And this week's evaluation after they play Buffalo could be completely different because they are a week-to-week NFL team. That's what they are. Until they prove otherwise, until they start contending for Super Bowls, winning for Super Bowls, and get the benefit of the doubt of losing to the Lions in the opener at home at Arrowhead and only scoring 17 points against Jacksonville in a win in Week 2. You know, I've already heard the, oh, this is going to be a massive step back year for the Chiefs. Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. But they get the benefit of the doubt because they've earned it. They're not playing week-to-week football, okay? There are a few teams that don't play week-to-week football because you know they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid or they've got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Washington has to be viewed for the time being week-to-week, and the truth is they've played the Arizona Cardinals and the Denver Broncos. Both of those teams are 0-2 with one of the two losses coming to Washington, But they, as you called it, they're going to get more of a varsity look this week. As Steve Spurrier said after Osaka, yep, we didn't play the varsity that day. We got the varsity, though, in the regular season. And that's it's not that big of a difference. But Buffalo and Philadelphia the next two weeks will be week-to-week evaluations, but they will tell us more about some of the things that are not proven at this point. Sam Howell's not a proven Product, Eric Bieniemy called a great game Sunday. I gave him an A. I thought he was one step ahead of I Vance agree. Joseph the entire way. Absolutely, he had thirty-six pass plays called in the first half, seven run plays, but they were different than the way they did it against Arizona. They were more protective, and it was great to watch them. Even on the drives they went three and out punt, they had moved it on the first two drives of the game, so there was still hope. I think, you know, back to, to, to your take, what Sunday did was make us believe, okay, they scored 32 points in 25 minutes, so it's possible that they can do that. And we didn't know that before Sunday. It doesn't mean they're going to do it every week. It doesn't mean it's possible against really good defensive teams, you know, like they'll face, by the way, on their schedule, Dallas twice, Philly twice, Buffalo, New England, 
the uh, Jets and 49ers later in the season, you know, assuming those teams are, you know, put together and healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're down 21 3 and they go on a 32 to 3 run. You know, 32 points in 25 minutes is an explosive run. And so we didn't see any indication of them being explosive in the opener against Arizona. And we saw yeah. that. We saw a drive after the fumble, the biggest play of the game by far, the Jamin Davis force fumble. We saw a touchdown, field goal, touchdown, miss field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Whew. We haven't seen that in a while. By the way, I was going to mention, you know what you get when you start 2-0 and for the first time in 12 years and you've got the owner gone and you've got a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback? You get that thing where fans are absolutely convinced that what they saw on Sunday they haven't, they've never seen. Or, or we haven't seen that in forever, you know? Yeah. Um, and you get a lot of those things, and they tend to be exaggerations much of the time, but they hadn't scored 35 points since 2020. It wasn't forever, but it was in three seasons, or, you know, just over three seasons, or less than three seasons, because it was Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys. They scored 41. They scored a defensive touchdown. Um, we haven't seen somebody throw the football like Sam Howell or throw it into tight spaces. Uh, you're right, but we have seen it before. It's just been a while. We haven't, you know, we haven't gotten a call to go our way in forever. I mean, it's about time we got a call to go our way, and it's true. Curtis Samuel got mugged in the end zone last year. It's also true that you know, a 50-50 ball was thrown up to Terry McLaurin in, in the Indianapolis game that got caught. You know, the, Deron Payne got a fingertip on a ball from Marcus Mariota uh, at the end. Taylor Heineke went down at the end of the Philadelphia game to draw a 15-yard penalty against Brandon Graham, and we got that call. So, you know, these things get exaggerated, but the, but the good news is, is that people are engaged again, and they're feeling this vibe that we haven't had around here in a long time. And even though it's week to week, and it is, and even though a lot of this stuff is exaggerated, and some of it is, it still feels good to talk about and watch a team that has some upside and is relevant again for the time being. Because right now, they are relevant. I, I pointed this out on my radio show, Tommy. In the weekly NFL power rankings that everybody does that you hate doing, CBSSports.com has Washington this morning as the eighth best team in the NFL. The eighth. Wow. <laughs> the Bills are seventh. ESPN's got them at 12th in the NFL. They Now, I promise you, they haven't been ranked in these kinds of areas, not 8th probably since 2015 or 2016 at some point. Maybe. You might have to go back to 2012 to find them that high in the rankings, anybody's power rankings. That's how bad they've been for a long time. They haven't, I mean, they haven't had a winning record in a season since 2016. That's seven seasons ago. So they're, they're relevant right now, and that feels good. For the, you know, we'll see what happens the next two weeks, but it feels good to, to have them relevant i mean i i know what you say they're week to week but 
I mean, I think you learned something important about the quarterback on Sunday in that, you know, he's not going to fold under pressure. He... I mean, that's a big deal to me for a young quarterback. I mean, that's a, that's a hard place to play. And you're down 21-3. Yeah, I, I think... I think that... Some of the things being said about Sam Howell after two weeks, um, and you know, they're being said by the people that you know were absolutely convinced he was going to be a stud. Right? They're they're trying to act like, well, we've been telling you all along. Look, there are things we've been saying about Sam Howell all along. He's got big time NFL arm strength. He is mobile. You know, the the the, the go to for me on Sam Howell has been, I have no idea what to expect, but. He's got real NFL arm strength, and he's mobile, and those two skill sets fit today's game. And, you know, if you watched him at Carolina, he's got some Taylor Heineke in him. He's got some gamer. He's got some baller in him. You know, he's got some grit. He's got some resilience to him, uh, the way he plays. So I do think some of the things that we've seen from him are things we knew he possessed, but we hadn't seen him in an NFL game. That mattered. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's great to see him do that. And, and by the way, he had some big-time throws Sunday. I mean, some oh, big-time yes. throws. The throw to Terry is a big-time throw. I actually think the fourth and goal throw to Logan Thomas may have been his best. Um, but, yeah, he did some things. But let's keep in mind, last week, it wasn't that great. Held on to the yeah. ball too long. Took a lot of sacks. Had a ball deflected and intercepted. He had four balls deflected on Sunday. One of them should have been intercepted. It was right in the in yeah. the hands of the Denver defender. But yeah, I also, that could be an issue given given his height. That could be an issue. But I think Eric Bieniemy did a really good job of oh he absolutely steering did. clear of some of the stuff that happened in the opener that put the opener at risk. Um, yeah, so. Uh, don't forget you to... You know what's funny? Yes, go ahead. Kevin. Yes. I had a guy on Facebook. You know, I posted on Facebook how, what an impressive win it was. Uh, you know, kudos to Sam Howe. Eric, the enemy, had some great play calling and all this. And some guy who follows me on Facebook saying, you know, we don't want your attaboys. You know, you were a hater before. Oh, God. So... No, we don't want your attaboys now. I mean, what kind of ridiculous attitude is that? If you didn't see what was wrong with this team before, you were an idiot. Yeah, the, that cloak I, I don't, is lifted. I don't. I don't respond to those people. I, did you respond? I'm sure you did. Well, I, I told him that he's too stupid to exist in my world, and I blocked <laughs> him as a Facebook friend. Oh God. Um, look, I, there. I've said this a thousand times, and it pains me. Um, Over this Dan Snyder era, our fan base, uh, a lot of the intelligent fans left. Now that I think they're going to come back, uh, you know, hopefully. Um, But we've we've dealt with a lot of that. Uh, But I just ignore it. I mean, it's it's so stupid. And by the way, we're two games in. Let's not forget last year after the opener. I mean, Carson Wentz in that opener against Jacksonville last year. 
they had a comeback win. He threw for 300-some yards in that game. Uh, th- I think four touch. Wasn't it four touchdowns against Jacksonville? And we're like, oh, my God, we got a guy with arm strength. We got Carson Wentz back. I mean, come on. just it, I, I am encouraged. The thing that I am most encouraged about is the defense won the opener, and in many ways the defense also won the second game. The Jamin Davis play is the play yes. of the game, and they don't win the game more likely than not without it. And then the if, def- Russ ma- if Russ makes that first down and doesn't fumble, they're likely marching down for another score. Yeah, no, they had the game had gotten sideways. I mean, it was it was going in the wrong direction, but they took the, you know the offense took advantage of it with that next drive. Now I pointed out yesterday they would have been facing uh, right after the Jamin Davis forced fumble. Without that face mask, they would have been facing third and 22, third and 23, and they probably would have had to punt, but they got the face mask. You know, they, so these are the things. There's a lot to be encouraged about so much more after Sunday than last week. And yes. the best news is they've got two wins, no losses, and they don't have to have it all figured out now. They have to continue to improve, get better. They got better from week one to week two, especially with, I think, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. Um, Absolutely. I thought they got better, actually, in in looking at the game again. I think the offensive line was better at times. Um, And, you know, some will say that, well, all of those sacks or most of those sacks were on Sam in week one. I didn't think so. And I, we did a, a segment this morning um, on what you were most impressed with coming out of the game. So I'll ask you the question. And, you know, the four, the four choices were Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell, Chase Young's return, or Deron Payne, who I think had one of the best games of his career, and I feel like I'm saying that every other week. He is, in the, he is top shelf elite right now in the league. He is not Aaron Donald at Aaron Donald's best, but he is certainly on the short list of the defensive tackles below Aaron Donald. He's that good. By the way, I mentioned yesterday I didn't know the PFF grade, and I just figured they'd have Deron Payne as average again or just slightly yeah. above average. They, 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 they got it. Right? They got it right in my mind. I'm sure they get it right every week in their own mind. Um, but they had him as an 86 and is the highest-rated player on the field. I thought he was by far and away the best player on the field for Washington on Sunday. But for you, what were you most impressed with? Well, I'm going to go with the quarterback, uh, followed closely by the offensive coordinator. I mean, if I was giving out game balls, those are the game balls I would have been giving out, except you see the coach got a game ball from the owner. From the owner. Yeah. Because it was his 100th win, career win. Right. Now that's a mighty good trick for a guy who in 13 seasons has had three winning seasons. To last that long, to win 100 games with that kind of bizarre record <laughs> is, is, is a, just a bit strange to me. So, uh, but no, it would be... It would be Sam Howe and Eric Bieniemy right on his heels. 
Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us whenever you get the opportunity to do it. It's very helpful. And, uh, you know, if you're one of those people that have gotten just ads in the Apple or Spotify downloads, uh, maybe wait a few weeks until we prove some consistency here before rating us and reviewing us. But uh, if you do have a chance and you want to rate us and review us, um, it's much appreciated. This from... Uh, Maddie 34 five star review on Apple. Jay Gruden is excellent and still more Tom, please. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, from uh, HTTR 1999 five stars, Kevin and Tom discussing a symphony orchestra playing the Rocky soundtrack over the movie. I mean, come on, five stars, keep up the good work, uh, fellas. <laughs> And this is titled Long Live Andy Dufresne. Uh, five stars from Jay Ree. We, myself and even my 13-year-old son, have been listening to Kevin and Tommy for years. Part of the reason my son, son hung on to the team and didn't give up as a young fan is because of the show's therapy sessions over the years. Those countless rants and kumbayas made him realize how much we love our football team and gave him hope like Andy Dufresne said, that it would eventually return to glory. Uh, Kevin's a sports staple of D.C. sports, and occasionally brotherly bickering between him and Tommy is priceless. I ran into Tommy Tommy in Frederick last year, and he's down-to-earth. He's as down-to-earth as you'd expect. Thanks to both of you for being a part of our day for the past decade or more. Uh, Jeremiah from Frederick, or J. Ree via... Apple Podcast. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. That's much Thank appreciated. Thank you very much, Jeremiah. Um, I'm not sure how many people would say I met Tommy and he's as down to earth as no, I expected. See, this, um, this isn't fair because I've told you before, <laughs> the thing I hear the most uh-huh. when people meet me, and then they say, you're a lot nicer in person than you are on the podcast or the radio. But that's my point. That's my point, is that you are. You're an absolute peach of a person in person. But what Jeremiah said is, I ran into Tommy and Frederick last year, and he's as down-to-earth as you'd expect. I don't know that everybody would expect you to be as down-to-earth as you are. Yeah, I I think you're right. And you you just, I think, said that, and I was agreeing with you. So it was fair, what I said. Yeah, um, you're right. I think I think my gravity keeps me down to earth. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, you know what? We we all we all succumb to gravity. Um at least on earth. Yes. At least on earth. Uh window nation people, if you've been thinking about windows at all. Uh, I promise you, you will not go wrong. Just call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and give them the first shot. They'll give you a free estimate. You can do with that estimate what you want. But if you mention my name at 866-90-NATION or windownation.com, you'll get a free estimate. They'll take good care of you. And here's the deal that they've got going on right now. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two years. Plus, you can save up to 50% off all style windows, bow, bay, double hung, any style. Save thousands on your new windows and your energy bills 
all the while upgrading the look and feel of your home, and don't pay anything for two years, and when you start paying, you'll pay half price. Window Nation gives you everything. They give you more energy savings, more value, more features, more options, more beauty. It's that time of year. You've just paid a lot of money on your air conditioning bills, and we're going to have, at least according to Doug Cammer, remember he was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he was calling for a cold, snowy winter. You don't want your heating bills to get out of control either. You'll save up to 30% on your energy bills. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com, excuse me. I promise you, you will not go wrong. At least get the estimate from them and go from there. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. I have a couple of things that I noticed from the game on Sunday that I will share with everybody upon further review. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, and they will give you $200 in cash when you make a deposit of $50 or more. Additionally, MyBookie gives you a chance to cash out quickly if that's what you want to do. You only have to bet your deposit amount one time to be eligible to withdraw. Most 
sports books force you to bet your deposit amount multiple times before you can withdraw. Not at my bookie. If you use my promo code Kevin DC, they're going to give you up to two hundred dollars in cash with a fifty dollar deposit or more, and they'll let you withdraw after you bet that initial deposit amount one time. My bookie right now has Washington as a six and a half point underdog against Buffalo. Uh, at home on Sunday. The total's 44 and a half. And in one of the college games of what will be an incredible college weekend, Colorado is a 21 point underdog at Oregon. All right. The 3 and 0 Deion Sanders led Buffaloes are going to play their first legitimate scary team, and they are 21 point dogs. On the road. By the way, Tommy, Colorado, Colorado State, which didn't start until 10:15 or 10:20 Eastern Time on Saturday night on ESPN, was the fifth most watched ESPN college football game of all time, and the number one streamed college football game of all time. My God, is Deion Sanders having an impact on this season? But he really is. But this, not to mention the next night, sixty minutes. Sixty minutes, I'm sure, did a massive number. Uh, big boy team. Not that TCU wasn't a big boy team or Nebraska. Understood. And Colorado State came to play. That game was incredible. And his son Shadur Sanders is legit. Uh, Kuyper's got him as the third best quarterback in the draft on his draft board for next year behind Caleb Williams and Drake May. Uh, But go to my bookie for all your betting needs. Fair point spreads, fair lines, uh, I mean fair money lines, fair totals, and the pricing is fair. That's something a lot of you don't take into consideration when you're betting through some of these places. They're, They're charging you too much when you lose. My bookie's not going to charge you more than minus 110 on a loss, unless you're buying a half point, all right? Um, anyway, uh, mybookie.ag, use my promo code, Kevin DC. So I wanted to real quickly go through a couple of things that I noticed after going back and watching um, the game again. And a lot of it has to do with the final minute of the game. So I got this tweet from Stephen Um, And Steven said, why didn't you address the play before the Hail Mary? They should have never gotten the Hail Mary. The receiver was not in bounds when he made the catch on the play before. So you're right. I didn't talk about that play. And I guess it's because when I watched it, I didn't think it was necessarily worth talking about. Let me tell everybody the play uh, we're discussing. Um, It was the second and 10 with nine seconds to go. By the way, the play that preceded that was Russell Wilson being chased down by Cam Curl on the sideline. It was a great play by Cam Curl. Um, Russell Wilson scrambled for a first down on fourth and three, went out of bounds at the 34-yard line, but he wasn't out of bounds uh, according to the referee, he was inbounds because Cam Curl tripped him up just in time. Great play. That play, by the way, is a lot closer to him being out of bounds than maybe you think. But that play happened, and then they spiked the ball with nine seconds to go, and they're at the 34. He throws a deep out to the far sideline to Cortland Sutton. Sutton makes the catch, goes out of bounds. They call it a catch. 
They stop the clock with three seconds to go. The ball's at the 50-yard line. Steven and many others pointed out that that was not a catch and that they would have never had a chance at the Hail Mary if that had been ruled not a catch. Uh, somebody else tweeted me and said, and said at least they should have reviewed it. So I went back and I watched the play and I watched and listened to the broadcast as well. And by the way, I thought Adam Archuleta did a very good job calling the game for CBS with Spiro Didis, who's, who's very good too. Um, so first of all, as it relates to the play itself, I think Sutton caught the ball and I think it was the right call. Or I certainly don't think that there was any visual evidence to overturn the call. I thought that um, his right foot was likely down and hadn't lifted off the ground when he gained possession of the ball. And the left foot did scrape the grass before he went out of bounds. And there certainly wasn't any video evidence to overturn the 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 the, uh, the call on the field based on him not maintaining possession going to the ground. In fact, nothing on video could have overturned the call on the field, in my opinion. And I actually think there's a pretty good chance that, you know, he caught the football and had both feet in and maintained possession. But here's the other part to it. They did review it, and they confirmed the call on the field. So for those of you that reached out to me and said, why didn't you, you, you pointed out so many plays that were instrumental in the game and you didn't mention that play. I agree that I I totally whiffed on not talking about that play and looking into that play more. I agree. I, I should have mentioned that play, but I think it's because when I watched it, I heard what I heard when I went back and watched it again, which is Spiro Didi's saying, after Gene Steratore kind of suggests that there's a not not enough video evidence to overturn the call in the field, that the call's been confirmed, which means in the final two minutes, New York confirmed the call. By the way, I'm going to give Ron Rivera some credit here that I also didn't mention on the show. He called a timeout. He didn't think it was a catch. And he wanted to give them time to review it, and he called his second timeout with three seconds to go. Good job by Ron in that spot. Because if they hadn't thought about reviewing it, they then had the time to review it. But if you go back and listen to the broadcast, Spiro Didis, the play-by-play guy, says after Sterator, their referee expert, finishes giving his opinion, he said the call's been confirmed. It's not that the call stood, call was confirmed, confirmed by New York. And I actually think it was the right call. I think Cortland Sutton caught the ball, and if he didn't, there just was no video evidence to overturn it. Now I want to fast forward to the two-point conversion. There are a couple of things about this play. First of all, I do think it was defensive pass interference. I I do. But it is a bang-bang play. And no, it is not comparable to the Curtis Samuel play against the Giants last year. That was an egregious miss of a pass interference in the the end zone. This was not egregious. But there was a grab and tug of Cortland Sutton's outside arm. And it prevents him from making a really good uh, play on the ball. Uh, You're going to get that called nine times out of ten. 
Um, but it was kind of a bang-bang call, and maybe not nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten. But here was the other thing that I noticed on that two-point conversion, Tommy. Jerry Judy yeah. was wide open. Adam Archuleta, before the snap, said, Washington's got to play these crossers. They can't get confused. They can't get hung up. They're going to be running crossers here. And they were running crossers. And Jerry Judy gets caught up in, in – or Derek Force gets caught up in Jerry Judy running his crosser. And he, he loses them, and then he's in trailing position, and Judy's wide open. And Sean Payton said after the game, I just wish Russ had waited and gotten through his progression because I think Judy was wide open. Oh, yeah, he's wide open. It's an, it's an easy pitch catch. And here's the thing about the pass rush. The pass rush was so great for much of the second half, really. And they rushed four, and they didn't get close to him. They didn't sniff him. And so he had time to go through his progression. But I think the, the pass rush and the pressure that Russell Wilson was under through much of that game made him hurry up and go to that first part of his progression. And so that's the accumulation of how good the defense was that Russ didn't think he would have time to go through the full progression. Because if he did, Jerry Judy's wide open and the ball's in his hands and we're going to overtime at 35-35. One more thing that I picked up on this two-point conversion, and it made me go back and look at some of the other portions of the game. John Allen wasn't on the field on the two-point conversion. Abdullah Anderson, number 92, was in for him. Now, I thought that was surprising given, you know, it's the he, he, was, he was on the field, I'm pretty sure. I didn't go back and check. I probably should have done that. John Allen had more defensive snaps than any defensive lineman out there. I mean, this guy is, is playing. He's playing just an unbelievable percentage of the snaps in the first two games. So is Duran. John was out on the field in altitude for 86% of the defensive snaps. That's an ungodly number for a D lineman. Um, Duran was out there for 77% of them, Sweat 73%, and Chase Young 71%. Those are high percentages for D linemen to be out there. By the way, I think all of their D linemen are playing well, and I pointed out yesterday, I think Casey Tuhill's been very impressive in his first two games. But John Allen was not out there. And Denver chose to double-team Abdullah Anderson, number 92, on the two-point conversion. So Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and Deron Payne are all single, singled up. Neither one of them gets close to Russ. They don't get home. You know, they had been dominant throughout the game, but on the two-point play, look, they're playing run in that spot too. They're playing the possibility of the run because you're at the two-yard line. It's a two-point conversion. So they got to play run first. It's not a pass down necessarily, but they don't get close to Russ. And 92, Abdullah Anderson was the guy that got doubled. So I was wondering, why was he doubled, not Duran or Chase? Because Chase got chipped and and um, uh, and and blocked. and uh, he, he got chipped all day long by tight ends and, and running backs when he was in there. So they knew... They were paying attention to Chase Young on pass downs in particular. But what I found when I went back and watched and did, you know, a partial audit of the game, they were double teaming on their left side, their left side of their offensive line. They clearly had a problem with the left side of their offensive line. 
their left guard probably needed some help. And so that's where they were doubling every time I checked. So Duran got doubled when he was over there. John got doubled when he was on that side. It wasn't that they were doubling Abdullah Anderson because they thought, oh, he's the guy we got to double more than Duran Payne or Sweat or Chase Young. It's because they were doubling on that side throughout. I think it actually is very interesting to watch. We did this a lot last year. Is Duran or John Allen getting double teamed more in terms of their defensive tackles? It was kind of it's kind of split and it was last year. And a lot of times the double teams come really based on where they are weak on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Right. Um, Absolutely. But both of them played outstanding. Like John Allen is like I've talked so much about Deron Payne over the last couple of years. Sometimes I feel like I'm shorting John Allen. John Allen's a great player, too. He's a great player. They're different, though. John Allen is more of a technician. He is strong. He is athletic. But he's just not the freak athlete that Payne is. Payne is an elite player right now. John is very, very, very good. Top 10 good. Duran, though, the athleticism is what kind of separates the two. Again, John's athletic too. Um, and now we're seeing Deron Payne the last, you know, last year and this year be the consistent player that we would see occasionally on given plays where you like Deron Payne's game on Sunday, there were three or four holy shit, did you just see what he did? And you don't get that as much with John Allen. And you, you've, we've gotten that with Deron Payne over the years, but just not consistently throughout a game. He had a drive in that game to start the second half that you put into the Hall of Fame if he ever ends up there one day. A sack, a tackle for a loss, and a deflection on a third down throw. It was a personal one-man three and out. But John is excellent. He is such a good player. He is such a high-level player, too. They are the best duo right now in the league, interior defensive linemen. And they're the strength of the football team. And they won the game because of their D-line last week. And in many ways, they won the the game because of their D-line and their defense this week. But it's just that the offense more than came along for the ride. They were outstanding during that that stretch of 32 points as well. Um, Anyway, just a couple of things uh, that I noticed sort of after the fact. And one other thing, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not yesterday. And I mentioned it to Ben on radio. I wish I hope somebody asks Ron. Chase Young plays in a two-point stance a lot of the time. And I'm not talking about like they've got him lined up as an outside linebacker. No. In his defensive end four-man front, he plays up where the, the other three uh, down linemen are in a three-point stance, including, by the way, Montez Sweat. I don't know why that, it, that is. I don't have an answer to that. I would assume it's because he's comfortable doing that, and Jack Del Rio's fine with him being a DN playing in a a two-point stance, playing up. Um, He wasn't in that up position every play, but he's in it a lot. Uh, I I don't – and I have no idea what the answer is. None at all. Um, Also, I watched that onside kick one more time. Oh, yeah. That was close. They were lucky. Yeah. That was a great onside kick. I mean – with the new rules on onside kicks, I mean, the percentage of, of makes now is so, you know, so low because you can't over, 
you know, you can't you can't put more players to one side than the other. So the actual kick itself becomes so crucial. Like you you have to um, you know, you, you you have to get that ball to bounce and then take this big hop at the end because, you know, Dotson comes up to field it uh, and then um, and then doesn't do a great job, but they ended up falling on it and did a really good job uh, after uh, the fact. But anyway, um, it was Rodriguez. I was blanking. It was Chris Rodriguez, who was number 23, who ends yeah. up doing a really good job of jumping on the ball. All right, uh, what else do we have on the game? Anything else on the game? Like, I actually, and I said this yesterday, I think they have a chance against Buffalo. Uh, Like, I don't know that I'd feel that way if they were playing San Francisco on Sunday. I don't know if I'd feel that way if they were playing Kansas City on Sunday, a healthy Kansas City team. I actually wouldn't feel great about them playing a team like Miami right now. Um, Buffalo and Josh Allen... They're going to give you chances. He plays recklessly. Like, I can, I can envision three Josh Allen turnovers that are turned into points and weren't a 24 to 23 kind of a game late. I could see that. Can you see them being competitive and having a chance to win? I think it's possible because of Josh Allen's reckless play. Uh, at certain times, but uh, I mean, the Buffalo defense is just, I think, going to be a nightmare for that Washington offensive line. You know, yeah. I just think, I just think it's 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 going to be tough sledding uh, unless they've got the kind of play call and to back them off. Uh, that's not the. De- I mean, Denver does not have a penetrating defense. Uh, the Bills do, so. Uh, I mean, I tell you what, I think I give them more of a chance to win this week based on that Denver game than I would have after that Cardinals game. Yeah, for me, it's a combination of the way they got the ball into their playmakers' hands, Sam Howell doing a great job defensively, outstanding again after the first three drives, which were an absolute horror show. Um, It's about that, but for me, it's the opponent. Like, I... I'm. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm totally bought into Buffalo being the Super Bowl contender that they were last year, or that some still believe they are now. I think there's been a little bit of there's been some strange stuff with you know they got rid of Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott's calling the defenses, Diggs is you know major diva. He and Allen have had you know a little bit. Now they destroyed the Raiders and they've got really good players. Look, the first two games. We can talk about Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera and we all, you, whatever, whatever you want. Washington's players were better than Arizona's players, and Washington's players were better than Denver's players. This Sunday, they're going to go up against a roster that is probably overall better than theirs. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, remember, in addition to having a really good quarterback, they've got Diggs. They've got, you know, Gabe Davis. They've got, by the way, they're the ones that drafted that Dalton Kincaid, who a lot of people thought, you know, would be a Washington possibility, uh, the tight end from Utah, and he's played very well in their first two games. Um, they've got, you know, the defensive players. They've got, you know, Tredavious White and Micah Hyde and 
uh, Oliver and Rousseau and who am I forgetting? Um, Milano, who I love. Uh, you know, they, th- this is a very, very good team. But I just feel like Josh Allen sometimes does a really good job of keeping both teams in the game. And so I give him a chance Sunday. I do. All right, when we come back, uh, two things to finish up with. One is my big takeaway from watching the Monday night doubleheader. And two, will Tommy actually pay to mute and block people on X? We'll explain right after these words from a few of our sponsors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Tommy, tell everybody about Shelley's. Well, listen, Kevin. We're about to enter my favorite time of the year, which is autumn. I love the fall. You like the fall, right? It's my favorite time of year. Favorite time of year. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can choose if you want to to go driving in the country, go and look at the leaves, go down the skyline drive, you know. But that's been done. You know, you've done that, okay? Do something different. On, on a fall Sunday afternoon. Hey, let's go have and some cocktails and cigars and good food. I like that idea. Yes. Yes. And if you want to sit outside for a while, you know, like during halftime of NFL Sunday, Shelly's has great outdoor seating. They do. You can watch Washington on a Sunday unfold right in front of your eyes while you're smoking a cigar. You know, I mean, I'm telling you. You know, you, you, you can go the traditional route, or you can be a trailblazer and light up a cigar at Shelley's Back Room at 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. Go to Shelley'sBackRoom.com to find out the great selection of food, drinks, and cigars that they have available for you. It's a fall festival. That's what it is. I love fall festivals. I loved when the kids were younger and we would, you know, on a Saturday morning, get up and go out to Butler's Orchard or some orchard where there was a pumpkin patch and there were hay rides and there was apple cider. And I love uh, fall festivals. I, Tommy, love winter festivals. And the winter festival that I remember, the first one I think I ever went to was January of 1992 in St. Paul, 
Minnesota, site of Super Bowl 26. I went to that Super Bowl. I took my brother to that Super Bowl in Minnesota. I took the woman who would become my wife to that Super Bowl, and she grew up in Minneapolis. She lived there until she was 10 or 11 years old. And we went to, as part of that Super Bowl weekend, we went to the St. Paul Winter Festival. Uh, I do remember it being cold, and I do remember having hot things to drink with uh, good stuff in those hot drinks. Okay. Anything else about Shelley's festivals? No. No. But, again, it's a festival year-round. But fall is a particularly nice time to be sitting outside smoking your favorite cigar uh, at Shelly's back room. 1331 F Street, Northwest. All right, uh, the Monday night games last night, you know, they did the doubleheader last night. I think we've got three of them this year, and then we've also got a Christmas Day tripleheader, which goes into the night on Monday. So I watched a lot of the two games last night as I was trying to figure out this uh, problem that we had with just ads downloading on Apple and Spotify. But anyway... Here was my big takeaway from watching Saints, Panthers, Browns, Steelers. Well, first of all, thank you, Bryce Young, for driving the Panthers down late in the game, scoring and getting the two-point conversion for a Carolina plus three push. Uh, appreciate that. The smell test was five, two, and one uh, this weekend. Um, the quarterbacking in both of these games was horrendous. And as I was watching these two games, I'm like, these four teams could use Sam Howell. <laughs> yes, they could. Sam Howell's better than any of these four guys. First of all, I've never been the biggest Derek Carr fan. Most of you know that. But I do recognize that Derek Carr's had some really good seasons. He had some really good seasons with the Raiders in Oakland, and he had a really good season, I think, that one year with, with the Vegas Raiders. And he's on a good team. The Saints have players on that team, and they've got a defense he stinks. I just don't get it. He's capable at times, and then other times I watch him and I'm like, God, he is awful. He was awful last night. Uh, he just wasn't very good, in my opinion. 21-36 watching him. He had an interception, took four sacks. It looked like he could have had two or three interceptions. His QBR was terrible. It was 37.8. They won the game because oh, because Bryce Young is, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. We see this. Bryce Young was great at Bama. I'll tell you what. I'll never forget Stanford Steve uh, telling me after watching Bryce Young um, uh, in uh, in the playoff game that they lost to Georgia um, a couple years ago when he said, this dude is nowhere near six feet. Like, he might be 5'9", 5'10", at best. And, man, Bryce Young, he does look small. He's listed at 5'10". He looks smaller than that. But I think he's he was a great college quarterback. He's just young. It's going to take time. So the quarterbacking in that game was awful. But I think it may have been outdone by the quarterbacking in the other game, the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. First of all, really sad injury for Nick Chubb. He's such a great back. Uh, And it's just – I I did watch the replay, um, and it's it's not as gruesome as people were making it out to be. I didn't think. Um, But he's done for the year. But, my God, Deshaun Watson was horrendous. Kenny Pickett, year two, 
You know, I don't even think he's got 17, a full season of starts yet. Horrendous in the game. Uh, Kenny Pickett, he threw an interception um, and completed 15 passes out of 30 attempts in the game. He had he had the one play. He had the 71-yarder against the Blitz against Pickens. I'm a Pickett fan. I'm not giving up on him. He was terrible last night. He had a QBR of 12.3. Deshaun Watson, he just doesn't look anything like the guy that was in Houston. Look, a lot's happened to Deshaun Watson. We all understand that. He did it to himself. I'm not acting like he's been a victim. He's certainly not been. He played six games at the end of last year. It's not like, you know, he's been off for two years. Uh, He played six games last year. He played one good game. It was the game here. Um, He was so bad in this game. Now, he can still run around and create off schedule and make some plays. Okay, I'm going to give him that. He's terrible from the pocket. He is inaccurate. He was last night. He had a a pick six on the first play from scrimmage, which was a deflected ball, but it was a poorly thrown pass. And then he gives up a sack fumble that gets returned by T.J. Watt for the game winner with six and a half minutes to go in the game. He had three turnovers. He took six sacks. He had a 16.5 QBR. And I'm just shocked. I Look, it may be that he needs more time. He needs more time in the system. He needs more time with some of his teammates. And we'll see the Deshaun Watson that we saw some of those years in Houston, which was we saw a top 10 quarterback 100% in those years in Houston. Um, he was just scary awful last last night. So was Kenny Pickett. Um, two bad games. I mean, the Pittsburgh game was exciting at the end. I mean, it was close. Um, and, and the Pittsburgh fans, they've got great fans. But they, they, you know, the people are complaining about Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. Uh, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. They, they haven't been good on offense in, since Ben was healthy. And that's like five yeah. years ago now. Yeah. Um, they were bad games. Not you good. Know, and and it, it, it could point to this narrative that, uh, you know, the priest, I mean, the first couple of games, regular season games of the NFL now, are now your preseason games. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, I think we've been saying that for a while. All right. So, for those that have not seen it, apparently Elon Musk is considering charging all of us that are on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, a monthly fee, probably somewhere in the you know two to three bucks a month range. Um, I asked Denton this morning because I don't pay for the uh, blue check thing. You and I never got blue checked, which was insane considering some of the people that did. Um, you don't pay for the blue check, do you? No. No, no I don't. Okay, so so that's he told me that's $7.99 um, to get the, a month to get the blue check. I, I don't even know what the benefits of having the blue check are. I have no idea. But anyway, um, so the question is... Will either one of us stay on Twitter if we have to pay a monthly fee? Let's just call it a dollar ninety-nine. Let's just say it ends up at two bucks. Will you pay it? Well, that depends. That depends if it drives people away. No, I'm not going to pay it. You know, but if if 
most people are still willing to hang in there. Yeah, I'll pay. Listen, I'm going to reveal something here. Social media and Twitter being the biggest one is important to me. And I'll tell you why. When I was, uh, when I was starting out as a columnist in 96, 97, and I was covering the Orioles as a columnist, uh, you know, this is before the Internet, and this is before, you know, social media and stuff. And I would write stuff. I'll give you an example. Uh, during the playoffs in 97, when everyone thought that Davey Johnson might get fired at the end of the year by Peter Angelos, I talked to Cal Ripken and Brady Anderson after one of the playoff games. And they both went on the record saying that they didn't want Davey fired, that he should come back. That was a big story. No one else had it but me. Right. Okay? And I wrote it. But for the most part, people in Baltimore had no idea I wrote it. You know? There, there was no track, no way to get traction. Okay? In the Washington Times sports, the, you know section at that point. You know, people in Washington and who subscribed to the Washington Times saw it, you know, but otherwise up in Baltimore, nobody. Right. You know, and this is a big thing. And it used to drive me nuts. You know, I mean, I had a call, I had a guy who wrote for the Sun, Joe Strauss, very competitive, great baseball writer. He didn't see it till three days later. And he comes up to me at the airport while we're waiting for a plane. And he says, that was a hell of a story you had. That was really good. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, but it's three days old. Twitter changed that for me. Yeah. Okay, I don't have a platform like the Washington Post. Yeah, I can see that. Okay? Yeah. So, so social media and Twitter kind of changed that for me. And the most important thing to me is that people in our business, see what I've done and make judgments one way or the other. That's, that's important to me. That That's important okay. to you more so than, than readers and potential future readers of your column having access to that. That would, yeah, to me, that would be the most important you know, thing. That doesn't bother me. It's no big deal. It's the people, particularly people I respect in the business. Uh-huh. If I've got something, I want them to know about it. Right. You know? Okay. So social media and Twitter has given me the chance to do that. Uh, And, uh, I mean, if there's no replacement for Twitter, then at this stage in my career, it really doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But, uh, so I'm not going to hang on to Twitter if if. You know, a lot of other colleagues leave as well. I'll just, you know, kiss it goodbye and live with what's left. Hell, if but but, but you're, that would be to me. See, this is what I don't I don't understand. That would be the opportunity for you if it's mostly your your colleagues that leave it. Now you're going to have a potential much bigger audience on social media. Especially if you continue to, to, to write great stories and break stories, because the, there will be less competition. But you 
you're in it for what your colleagues think of you. That's My, interesting. The ones I respect. The ones you yes. respect. Well, that that list is short. You know, once in a while, I'll 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 post something, and somebody of note, like a a Pulitzer Prize winning writer or something like that, will like it or comment about it. Right. Okay. I mean, that to me, that's gold. That's what I care about. I mean, look, it's difficult in, in a small section like the Washington Times to get some any kind of recognition. And I'm like a lot of other people. No, I, I understand I, I, I that. Like I understand recognition. That. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I know the challenge you have from a columnist standpoint um, for the paper that you've worked with. You know, look, I mean, we can speak candidly here. Uh, we're, we're all in this market. Um, you know, first of all, newspapers in general are, are less consumed and less read than ever before. But your newspaper isn't anywhere near what it used to be in terms of its stature. And even when it had stature, it was a distant, distant second to the post. Right. It's the sports section I'm just speaking to in particular. We, we, I mean, our sports section is diminished greatly. Yeah. I mean, years ago, we used to have a pretty good sports section. Yeah. But even then... It was it, it, it its reach was not that far. Right. Uh, look, I, I always put it like this, and if I get any kind of recognition for my work, it's not because of who I work for; it's in spite of who I work for. You know, there are people in this business that get recognition for their work because of who they work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. True. That's true. So that's that's my soul, my soul bearing social media moment right there. Um, the the DCAA Podcast Association, whatever it's called, <laughs> that recognizes this podcast. Are we being yes. recognized because of the people we work for, or because of the product we're producing? <laughs> well, I think clearly it's the product we're producing. I think so too. Um, I, you know, me, I, if I weren't, if I didn't do what I do, I'd probably be on Twitter, but I would never tweet. I would never tweet. I would never get involved in any sort of conversations with people. Look, there are some conversations I've had with people on Twitter that have been very productive and I've enjoyed, but for the most part, I think it is a cesspool of dumb. Um, and I think it's just a fraction of like real life, um, and, and real, uh, and, and what we're really doing here. But, um, I think if we have to pay for it, I'm going to have to pay for it or I could get my employer. I could get the Kevin Sheehan show podcast employer, uh, you know, a company to pay for it, which means I'm paying for it. Maybe I could get my radio company. To pay for it, yeah, uh, I don't, radio station. I, I couldn't give a shit it. about a dollar ninety nine a month. I mean, there's so many things that pop up as monthly subscription fees that I didn't even know I still had on my American Express every month. But I know that I'm gonna have. I mean, you make a good point. Like if if all of a sudden 
75 to 80 percent of the people who are on it aren't on it anymore and it becomes a very niche thing because it's subscriber based well that's different but if everybody ends up paying for it and it's just, it's still important for the promotion of the radio show that I do and the podcast that we do um then I then I'll then I'll continue to be a part of it look I do think I would never be off Twitter if it continues to be the you know the 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 truest in the moment news source that there is like it's instantaneous like i get so much of news from twitter you know whether it's from i'm not waiting for tomorrow's newspaper or for the seven o'clock you know nbc nightly news whoever even hosts that now i know Nora o'donnell does it on cbs i do know that um I, I don't I don't know who does NBC or ABC off the top of my head, uh, but uh, but but yeah, if everybody were to bolt and and Musk got you know a twenty percent hit rate on subscriber fees, that's different. But I would bet you for a dollar ninety nine a month, he doesn't lose a lot. And I still question as to whether or not he'll actually do it. I, I bet he doesn't. I mean, the one thing yeah, I by the way yeah. He- he said a couple weeks ago, he said a couple months ago that he was going to get rid of the block option that you can't block people anymore. Right. Well, you can't do that. You can't have a social media Google and everybody else uh you can't have a social media site without people's ability to block. It's not they don't they won't allow it. Yeah, because, I mean, I've never blocked somebody or muted somebody ever. I know you do it all the time. I, I have never done it once. Um, I, But I understand why you can't eliminate it, because people have to be able to protect themselves Yes. on social media. So he's, he's blown off a lot of steam before and nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, he's turned it into a bit of a cesspool. Let's face it. There's stuff that shows up on my feed. Oh my god! That would have never shown up before. That I have no idea how it gets there. I can't stand it right now. It's it's not as easy as it used to be. That's for sure. Yeah. And you know, not only that, like for one of the reasons I use Twitter, especially direct message, is you know, I'll see something that somebody wrote, and I'll be like, huh, that person might be a good guest, but I don't have a yeah. number for that person. And if they have a blue check, I can't DM them now unless I have a blue check. You know, yeah. that's, that's that's ridiculous. Whatever. I mean, yeah. they're trying to get everybody to pay the seven ninety nine a month. There's no way we didn't get a we we deserved a blue check, and we didn't have one, and now we can pay for one, and we don't want one. I think that's even better. Actually. Now, I think if you have a blue check, it's a bit embarrassing. Because now people know that you feel compelled to pay seven ninety nine a month to have a blue check. I think it's a bit of, of an embarrassment for some people. I think that that makes sense. But I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day, and they didn't have the answer. What benefits do you get from having a blue check? Because maybe the benefits for the people that are, pay- that are paying for it that it's more than just, hey, I got a blue check. Because I think everybody now knows if you have a blue check, you paid for it. So there's right. no status in having a blue check if you paid for it. But maybe you're getting something for that seven ninety nine a month that 
certain people in certain businesses need to have. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what the benefits are. I have not considered paying for a blue check. Anyway, uh, I know you wrote a column that you wanted to mention real quickly. Uh, tell everybody what it's about. Okay. Uh, I wrote about how Josh Harris and his, I call them his band of saviors, his ownership group, are experiencing something that no other new owner in franchise history has experienced, and that's a 2-0 and start. None of the other owners in the past have won their first two regular season games that right. they, that, when they were, like, controlling or new owners. Right, so Dan... Dan George Preston Marshall, uh, he, when they moved to Washington, they won their season opener, but then they lost the following week. Edward Bennett Williams went 0-5 when he took over as owner. Jack Kent Cook lost the opener 17-3 to the Dallas Cowboys. His son, John Kent Cook, uh, lost their second game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Dan Snyder lost his first game to the uh, Cowboys in overtime, 41-35. So Josh Harris and his group are the first ones who have ever t- taken over this team to go 2-0. and I certainly remember the Rocket Ishmael game. That was 35-14 to 14 in Dan Snyder's first game as an owner. Brad Johnson throwing touchdowns all over the field. And here comes Troy Aikman, 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter, and Rocket Ishmael wide open in overtime, 41-35. God, that was a painful loss. Painful opener. Uh, there was a lot more pain to come, though, with the new owner at the time. All right, anything yes. else? Are we done for the day? I think we're done, boss. All right. Let me let everybody know tomorrow, Cooley film breakdown. That's the plan. Until then, have a great rest of the day. Talk to you then. Play action. Oh, he's got a wide open. He's got Rocket Ismail. He's done it. They'll score, and the Cowboys will win. 76 yards. Ends the game in overtime. A record for Troy Aikman, five touchdowns in a single game. And the Dallas Cowboys have stung the Redskins 41-35. to In one for the ages between Dallas and Washington. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.